You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Jets podcast for Monday, April 12th, 2021. I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com, and today our episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. I hope you had a great weekend and your week is off to a great start. I'd like to begin today's show with a special shout-out to subscribers to this podcast. And if you'd like to join that group... Just go to your favorite podcast source and click the subscribe button. And if you do that, we will deliver new episodes to your device each morning as they are posted, as we are a daily podcast covering the New York Jets with new episodes each day, Monday through Friday. On today's show, I'm going to talk about some thoughts I've gathered on the upcoming NFL draft. It is a very consequential draft for the New York Jets. Of course, every draft is consequential. Each year, the NFL draft is the best opportunity all 32 teams have to add premium young talent, but this year's draft is more consequential for the New York Jets than your typical draft because they will be taking their next quarterback of the future with the second overall selection, and all signs point to to it being either BYU's Zach Wilson or Ohio State's Justin Fields. And if you were asking me to take an educated guess as to which one it will be, I think I would guess Wilson at this point. But Fields would not be a shocker. And it's always possible the Jets have fooled us all and they actually have their eyes on a different quarterback. We will talk about the quarterback position in the weeks ahead of the draft. And then obviously we'll talk about it quite a bit after the draft as we head up to training camp and to the 2021 NFL season, but the picks that come after the quarterback at two are also going to be really important because we've seen over and over with this franchise, it's not just about finding a talented quarterback prospect. Now, finding the right guy is important, but it's also about putting that quarterback in a position to succeed. Very few quarterbacks are able on day one to step in and carry a franchise. Most of them need support, at least to some extent. You know, you don't necessarily need to put the greatest team on earth around a quarterback in his rookie year, but if you don't put any pieces around the quarterback, he's going to struggle quite a bit. And the picks that the Jets have after the second pick are going to be potential key players for this franchise moving forward. The Jets are looking to establish a core to build around. The quarterback is essential. You need a quarterback in this league. To win, you need a quarterback. I mean, you could put together a decent year or two without a quality quarterback, but to be a winner over the long haul in this league, to be a consistent winner, it's almost impossible to do it without a quarterback. But the quarterback alone is not enough. And the picks that come after that, especially when you look at the Second first round pick at 23 overall, the pick the Jets got from Seattle for Jamal Adams. And their second round pick, which is at the top of the second round. It is the second pick in the second round, pick 34. And then the Jets also have two other day two picks. They have their own third round pick, and they have Seattle's third round pick again from the Adams trade. These are important picks. I'm not going to say they're as important 
as the quarterback. I feel like every time you know your team's going to take a quarterback, somebody comes out and says that I think that the picks that follow are even more important than the quarterback pick. And I feel like that's just a total contrarian take. Somebody just says that to be a total contrarian because it's ridiculous to say that the picks, you know, pick 23 is more important than pick two. That pick that the pick you select with the non-quarterback with is more important than the pick you select the quarterback with. But these other picks should not be ignored because to build a winner, to build around Fields or Wilson or whoever else the Jets may take, they're going to have to get these picks right. And as I said, I've gathered some thoughts on these picks, and I'd like to share them with you. Here we are a couple of weeks away from the NFL draft. Now, if you look at this Jets roster right now, I think the two biggest weaknesses that stand out are the interior offensive line and guard in particular and cornerback. Heading into the offseason, the Jets had a number of other glaring needs at key spots. I think they've done a decent job of addressing some of these other spots. I think wide receiver now looks decent. I think that pass rusher looks decent. I mean, are either of these spots at the absolute top of the NFL? No. But these are groups that you can put on the field week one and at least know that you're not going to be totally overmatched every week. And that's a very good thing because both of these spots have been chronic issue areas for the New York Jets, especially pass rusher in recent years. The Jets have had a year or two recently where their wide receiver group was okay, but it feels like this is going to be the strongest both groups have been in quite a while. And again, especially pass rusher, because the Jets have not addressed that spot adequately in years. You could argue since you know, 2006, when John Abraham left, they've had some decent pass rushers. You know, Muhammad Wilkerson threw up a couple 10 sack seasons. There have been some other guys you could probably point to, but these groups are solid. Corner is not, and guard is not. You know, we may give them the benefit of the doubt because they think Connor McGovern's going to succeed more with the new coaching staff. Quite frankly, I mean, as hesitant as I am to buy into that in most cases, I think a lot of guys are going to look better with the new coaching staff. It's very dangerous to put too much faith into a new coaching staff, but just it's that's based on more the badness of the old coaching staff. So, you know, if you want to say center, you you go into that feeling like, you know, maybe we can get by with it, maybe it's better than it will than it was last year. I can buy that. But guard, I think guard is shaky. I think Van Roten is you know, somebody who Ideally, it would be a backup. He's not going to kill you as a starter if he's one of the lower, if he's like your fifth best starting offensive lineman, he won't kill you. But I think in an ideal world, you'd like him as a backup. And I think Alex Lewis is also kind of a backup caliber player. And I think that there's going to be a temptation in the fan base and in the media to say that the Jets should just take the best available corner or guard at 23 and then the best available player at the other position at 34. And You know, it sounds great on paper. I don't think that's the way the Jets are going to operate. And I don't think that's really the way they should operate with either of these picks. And let me explain why. Now, listen, if one of the top three corners in this draft, you know, whether it's Sertain from Alabama, whether it's Horn from South Carolina, whether it's Farley from Virginia Tech, if one of them falls to the Jets at 23, 
they're going to be a very strong contender. I mean, that they might be a situation where you have what's known as the, the run the card to the podium scenario where you just you make sure you get one of these guys because the value's there. And you do have to assume that, you know, in that scenario, you do have to assume that Farley's okay. He's got some injury questions. And, you know, there are also guards like a, a Vera Tucker out of USC where if he's available for you at 23, it'd be very difficult to pass up on. But I always say this. I don't think you can go into the draft with the mindset that you have to take a specific position with a specific pick. I think it's just a recipe for failure. The draft is not always a mechanism to draft to just take a player at the position where your team is weakness. I think too frequently we focus on the eliminating weaknesses and I don't think we focus enough on the building strengths aspect of the draft. Let me throw this at you. Let me throw this hypothetical at you. Back in 2007, answer this. This is trivia. Did the Jets have a need at corner when they drafted Darrell Rivas? And the answer you're probably going to give me is you don't know. You don't remember. You'd have to think about it. The other answer which is pretty accurate if you ask me, is that it doesn't matter. You don't look back on a pick like that where the Jets drafted a Hall of Fame-level player and judge the quality of the pick on whether corner was the biggest need for the Jets at the time. And yes, it was. It actually was. If you are a longtime fan, you may remember the days of Hank Poteet playing corner for the Jets. But the fact that Jets had a need at corner is not why it was a great pick. It's because Rivas was a great player. Rivas was a transcendent talent. You know, in 2017, did the Jets have a big need at safety when they drafted Jamal Adams? Again, the two correct answers are probably you don't remember, you'd have to think about it, and it doesn't matter. You win in the NFL with top talent. You don't want to have weaknesses. Don't get me wrong. You don't want to have weaknesses. You, If you can improve a position, that's great, but you have to think about value. You have to think about the guys who go out there and win games for you. They're not the adequate guys who fill a need. They're the guys who are game-changing talents, and you cannot get too caught up on which position they play. Needs change from year to year in the NFL. The only way to set yourself up in a situation where your need doesn't change is to draft a great player, a guy who's a Pro Bowl caliber player, because if you have that guy, that player's position is never going to be a need, and you're never going to enter the draft saying we need a guy at his position. That's got to be the focus. It's, I think, I'm not saying that need is irrelevant. I think that it could be a great tiebreaker if you have, say, one of the top corners available to you, and you also have one of the top defensive linemen available to you at 23, and you know you you kind of have them rated equally. Then maybe the tiebreaker would be you go with the corner. But it's not just about picking players at the position where your team's weak, weakest. It's about adding impact. Because if you look at this Jets roster right now, probably the biggest need is just impact talent, top-level talent, Pro Bowl caliber players. And I don't think you have the luxury of being as picky as a lot of us think, heading, a lot of us say the Jets do heading into this draft. The NBA and NHL are in full swing, and Major League Baseball is beginning and bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. 
Bet Online also covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKEDON. One word, one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. This is the Locked On Jets podcast on this Monday. On today's show, I'm sharing some thoughts for the New York Jets as we approach the 2021 NFL Draft, particularly thoughts that go beyond the second pick where the Jets will select a quarterback. We will have plenty to say about that in the weeks ahead. You know, in general, I'm a proponent of trading down and accumulating extra draft picks because the draft is very inexact. You're trying to project the next 10 to 15 years out of guys who are 20, 21, 22 years old. It's impossible to do that with any degree of certainty. There are some things that are beyond your control, like does a guy suffer a lot of injuries? Does a guy suffer a career-altering injury? There's certain. I mean, how can you draft a guy and be held accountable if, if the guy suffers an injury that changes everything about his career? And that happens from time to time in this league. So when you trade down and you add extra picks, it's a way to hedge your bets. The more picks you have, the more opportunity you have to find an impact player. And that goes double for a team like the New York Jets where they're in desperate need of talent. They're in desperate need of young players who can step in and play effectively. This is a team that needs a lot. That said, I've kind of changed my mind on this. If you had asked me a few weeks ago, Jets at 23, should trading up be an option for them? I would have said no, but I've thought about this more and more. This would not be my preferred option for the reasons I stated. I'm always a proponent of trading down, but I do think there are some scenarios where trading up, you could argue it, it would make sense. And one of those would be if one of those top corners started to fall and you get to maybe 17 or 18. And the reason I'm going to say this is there is a time and a place for a well-timed trade-up. If you can get an impact-level talent, you can justify a trade-up, especially at a spot like corner, which is so important. It's not just that the Jets have a glaring need at corner for this year. It's that having a corner who can cover somebody one-on-one opens up so much on your defense. You feel less hesitant to blitz. You can send help to the guy across the field. It's really important. And just as important is the Jets have extra draft picks. The Jets have a lot of draft capital. That pick at 23, even if they trade up, that will be their second first-round pick this year. They have two first-round picks next year. They have two second-round picks next year after the Sam Darnold trade. They have two third-round picks this year. So even if you have to trade up a few spots in the first round this year from that Seattle pick, you're still going to have a surplus of picks. You're still going to have more than you started with. And that's the important thing. I'm not against trade-ups totally. I just don't like it when a team trades up and does nothing to replenish the well. Because I think ultimately, when you calculate the moves up and the moves down, you need to end up with more picks than you started with because that gives you a better chance of succeeding in the draft. But you also have to pick your spots. It's an inexact science, but there's a reason you have a scouting staff because they may find that there's a player on the board right now 
who's way better than anybody else you, who's available, and you're still five picks away from when you select, that's a scenario where maybe you do trade up. And the other the other factor here is with the 34th pick in, in the draft, the second pick in the second round, that's a prime spot to trade down on day two. And the reason for that is you have it is the second pick of the day. And some team out there probably sees will, will see some player that fell out of the first round and they're desperate to get. And they may be, may, may be willing to give you a, a huge offer to trade down so that they can move up to get that guy. You know, Jacksonville may be set on somebody, but Jacksonville is only one team in front of you. When you're picking early at the start of the day, teams have all night to strategize. If a player that they like fell out of the first round, surprisingly, they can you know they sometimes become more desperate to get that guy and they work the phones so even if you tra- so if you trade up from 23 you might be able to trade down from 34 and get back some of the draft capital you lost and really if you look at the, the smart teams in the league that's what they're doing they're properly valuing players they're picking their spots to move up they're moving down when the value's there in the package that they get and ultimately they're ending with more picks than they began with. As always, it depends on how the board falls. There might be a player at 34 you have rated higher than, way higher than anybody else, and trading down in that situation would be foolish. There may be a scenario where none of the top three corners fall, and it doesn't really make sense for the Jets to move up from 23. But I've changed my mind on this, because a few weeks ago, I would have been totally dead set against moving up in that scenario. But the more I think about this, if it, if it's a corner or maybe it's you know a guard I mentioned like a Vera Tucker out of USC, and it's somebody who could really help take your team to the next level, playing an important position, that's a scenario where I could see a trade up making sense. And again, if you look at you can't just look at it as one move. You have to look at it as one in a series of moves. And even in this series of moves, that would be a second first round pick the Jets would be adding, and they'd still have a lot of draft capital at the end of the day. So, you know, it would not be the worst scenario in the world. And that's, you know, something unusual for me, because if you listen to me for any period of time, you know how much I like trading down and adding extra picks and how much I dislike giving up picks. But this might be the one of the few scenarios where I could see it really making sense. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever, and the new Built Bar is even more delicious with 18 amazing flavors now. Built Bar is low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber, and the bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and they're soft and easy to chew. And right now, if you go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, promo code LOCKED15, it's one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D, number one, number five. Get 15% off at Built Bar, B-U-I-L-T-B-A-R.com. This is the Locked On Jets podcast here on this Monday. On today's show, I'm offering some thoughts on the upcoming NFL draft beyond the quarterback who the Jets will select with the second overall pick. And I want to close the show just by talking about the time frame. And this goes back to something I mentioned in the first segment. I think too frequently our draft discussions are focused on weaknesses, filling holes, needs, and, of course, these impact the draft to some extent. I think it would be ridiculous to suggest that they had no impact on things. But 
I think that there's too much attention paid to these things in the draft, in part because of some of the things I talked about in the first segment, that your focus should be on picking impact players. But the second reason for this is you need to keep expectations in check for rookie players. These are guys who are entering the NFL. They are likely learning more complex systems. They're playing against better athletes. They're adjusting to football now being their full-time job versus college where it was not. There are so many different things that come into play here. And sometimes rookies struggle, and sometimes they're just okay year one, and they really develop into impact players year two. So even if you're talking about filling a hole, you need to think about the time frame in which that hole will be filled, and you need to think about the impact you're getting and when you'll be getting it. You're looking to get impact players, but that impact may not be felt until until year two or year three. When you're looking at impact from Jets young players in the year 2021, I'm not sure it's necessarily the draft class that should provide the most impact. What you should be looking for are players entering year two and players entering year three. I'm thinking maybe Quinn Williams, who really came on the second half of the 2020 season. Now he's got a full year under his belt, probably confidence growing from how strong he finished the year. Is this the year he develops into a Pro Bowl caliber defensive tackle under Robert Sally? It seemed like he was heading in that direction. His trajectory was very good, especially as the season progressed. Is this the year he puts it all together? Can Mekhi Becton, who showed flashes in year one, but also had some struggles, especially as the year went on, can he put the pieces together now entering year two and become the cornerstone left tackle for this franchise? Just hoped they were getting when they drafted him last year. Denzel Mims. I think Denzel Mims maybe got a little too much criticism last year. I think if you put it into context, his production was okay when he played. Not great, you know, not great if you just look at the numbers, but in context, if you look at what he was doing on a per-game basis when he was on the field, not terrible for a rookie, especially a rookie second-rounder. Can he put the pieces together and turn into the impact receiver the Jets hoped they were getting? And can he stay healthy this year? Because injuries were an issue last year. You look at some of the other guys the Jets drafted last year, you know, whether it's Bryce Hall, whether it's Ashton Davis. Can some of these guys take on starting roles? These are the guys you should focus on. In general, I think anything you get from a rookie is kind of a bonus. I'm a very easy grader when it comes to rookies because transitions are tough. And even some guys who turn out to be great are nothing more than adequate starters as rookies. The impact you look to get frequently comes internally. And when you talk about the way the Jets have improved, we always look at the guys that they've added in the offseason. But sometimes the biggest improvements are internal improvements. And it's somebody becoming a quality starter who looked lost a year ago, or it's the guy who looked okay turning into a star. These are the things you should look at. And when you're drafting for impact, the impact that you're looking for may only come two to three years down the line. And that's something important to consider when you talk about filling needs for the Jets with some of these picks that go beyond number two. Just something to keep in mind, I think, as we move towards the draft. That's all for our show today. Thank you for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, if you enjoy our show, subscribe to it and leave it a good review. Have a great Monday, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Jets.